Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to West Indies on 99.94. Cricket all day, every day. My name is Mashal St. Patrick Hurt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And with me is my co-host, Santoki Nagilendrum. West Indies on 99.94 is your new home for West Indies content. And we'll be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or the 99.94 app three times every week. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Today on West Indies on 99.94, we're going to be talking about the hotly released West Indies T20 World Cup squad. Santoki, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, you better buckle up for this one. Get yourself a drink. It's a big one. We're looking at the 15-man West Indian World Cup squad that was announced only a day ago. Um, Massive, massive talking points as ever with West Indies cricket. We've got big names returning, big names getting dropped out, players getting plucked from the wilderness. So much to talk about, but we're here to dissect it and analyse it all. So I guess, Michelle, to get started, let's sort of name the squad for those of you that missed it. So... We've got a 15-man squad. We don't know who the reserves are yet, but the 15-man squad going to Australia for the T20 World Cup in October are as follows. Nicholas Poran is captain. Rovman Powell, vice-captain. Johnson Charles returns to the side. Sheldon Cottrell, Shimon Hetmeyer, Jason Holder, Akil Hussain, Alzari Joseph, Brandon King, Evan Lewis, Carl Mayers, Obed McCoy, Raymond Reifer, and Odin Smith. And there's one more name, and no, I'm not mistaken, we've got Yannick Karaya in the squad as well, which I'm sure we'll get onto as a big talking point. But, Michelle, rather than dwelling on the negatives about who was dropped out, who's missing from that list, let's take a look at who has been included in this side. Now, it's only right to start at the top of the order. Evan Lewis has returned. He hasn't played for West Indies for the whole of 2022. Massive, massive world-class player, IPL franchise player, currently in the CPL. How big an addition, how big a boost is it to the West Indies setup to see Evan Lewis return to the side? Boy, what a start, Santoki. And I think the good thing is, Santoki, is on earlier editions or earlier episodes, I should say, of West Indies on 99.94, you are on record as saying... And for people, if you're new, if this is your first ever episode of West Indies on 99.94, after you've listened to this one, go and listen. I think it's episode six when we talked about who we would take to to the World Cup. And in that episode, Santoki said something to the effect of, you've got to forget about emotions and you've got to get and you've got to forget about feelings when it comes to the World Cup squad. And and if I'm not mistaken, Santoki, you were saying that in relation to to the big three, Evan Lewis. Dre Russ, Sunil Narayan. Now, you've got one of the three. And I think both of us thought that if we were going to get one, it would probably be Evan more so than the other two. But I guess as much as you want me to comment, Santoki, I probably have to go back to you because you were the one who said, take emotion out of it. Evan has to go because he's one of our best openers in the region. So 
and if actually before I come to Santoki, because I think I should set more context. What's most interesting about it, though, is this Santoki. No less than two months ago, there was a back and forth. Um, Dr. Desmond Haynes, uh, lead selector, was saying, well, my understanding is Evan doesn't want to take the fitness test. A month ago, Phil, Phil Simmons was reported in a press conference as saying um, that he's tired of begging people. And some people said that that was in reference to Dre, Russ, Narayan and Lewis. Lewis went on Facebook and did a cuss out post. <laughs> did a cuss out post against Cricket West Indies. But that's okay. <laughs> With two days to go before we have to name the World Cup squad, Evan Lewis, his name is there, said same way anyway. What was your initial reaction when you heard it, Santoki? What was your initial, forget the rest of the squad, just his name. What was your initial reaction when you were like, huh, Lewis is in? Yeah, you know what? I was I was surprised because, as we said, obviously you've got to pick your best side. Evan Lewis is part of the best West Indian side you could pick at the moment. But just the fact, as you said, he'd done a cuss out on the selectors. We hadn't really heard much. It felt like there was, it felt like we probably wouldn't see Evan Lewis again this year for West Indies cricket. It just had that sort of vibe about it, but pleasantly surprised to see him in the side. Obviously a massive addition. And you mentioned Dr. Desmond Haynes there. We have to give credit to the legend because whilst most sides in the world, their chief selector will name a side and then that's all you'll hear. Desmond Haynes came out live on the CPL, got grilled by Ian Bishop about every single player picked in the side and answered it with eloquence and confidence so that was good to see and give some clarity on the selections but yeah Evan Lewis going back to that massive massive addition to the side I mean he's a world-class player and for me he can make the difference between West Indies perhaps faltering in the first round and getting through that first round against Scotland and Ireland likes of those just because he has that quality one thing that is interesting is it wasn't really unless I'm mistaken Mash because you were live at the press conference with Dr Desmond Haynes it wasn't really clarified that he'd kind of passed any fitness assessments which was what I was holding him back before so it'd be interesting to see as we said you can't let emotions get in the way maybe you can't make protocols get in the way either maybe they've just dropped it for Evan Lewis because at the end of the day as much as Phil Simmons said he won't beg players his job and Desmond Haynes' jobs is on the line based on performances. So you'll want, you want the best performers in that side. So for me, it was interesting that that whole question, that whole criteria about whether fitness assessments had been passed was completely dodged in regards to Evan Lewis's selection. Yeah, I think it's worth me just going into a bit of detail for those who wouldn't know. So rightly so, questions were put to uh, Desmond Haynes about, so what happened um, a month ago? You said Evan doesn't want to take a fitness test. Has he taken? And people asked him directly, "Has Des? Uh, sorry, has Evan now taken a fitness test?" And Des, I'm, I'm not going to say he dodged it, but he basically said he basically intimated that the fitness test hasn't been taken yet, which then led to journalists saying, "Well, if it's not been taken, how is Evan even in the squad?" Because up till now, as West Indian media journalists, fans, whatever you want to call um, us or anybody really, we have been led to believe that you have to pass a fitness test to get into the West Indies squad. And Desi's answer effectively said, we are going to assess all the players before they go to the World Cup. So Santoki, I took that to mean we've waived the fitness squad, a fitness test in relation to selecting this squad. But then Santoki, surely that raises questions. Because if, if they've waived the fitness test to get into this squad, 
I just wonder where were Dre Russinson on the Ryan in this conversation then? That would mean that they really didn't want them in. Because if you're waving it, you might as well say, well, everyone who's good come into the squad then. Mm. Do, do you see where I'm coming from? But the, implica- the, the, the indication given was that we're moving on from Dre Russ. So where did the fitness line fall, Santoki? Did it fall just in favour of Evan? Or was it a... Anybody can get it. Like, do you get what I'm coming from? It's not. It's not totally clear. Yeah, and I guess I guess this sort of highlights just how big Dre Ross and Sununu are. Now we said um we'd focus on those who make the squad, but after naming one name, we already, we already have to talk about Dre Ross and Narayan not making the squad. Two of the goats in T20 cricket. Now for me, it was interesting because Desmond Haynes on TV at least gave two different responses to each one's omission. So Andre Russell, he said he met with him. So there was obviously clear communication. However, he said the performances obviously did not merit a recall, which suggests that they think, bearing in mind Javas hasn't played the West Indies in the year, maybe they think, okay, if he's going to have these demands that he's going to be called up for a World Cup and skip bilaterals, his performances have to back it up. And they probably thought it hasn't been done at the moment. So for me, it felt like a performance issue with Javas. Sununu Ryan is just complete mystery to me because obviously as we said on previous um, episodes I've interviewed Navaim he gave me an answer that he was interested in playing for West Indies again he in his own words he would never say no to West Indies now Dr Desmond Haynes said he'd even speak to Navaim Nicholas Poran was acting as a middleman <laughs> Nicholas Poran had to dive into the whatsapps and say yo Sunil what are you saying are you ready for October yeah um and uh, according to all reports, Sunil Narayan declared he wasn't interested. Now, that's a very ambiguous statement. I have a lot of questions about that. One, when was the last time Cricket West Indies actually communicated with Sunil? If he's going through Nicholas Poran, there's obviously not a direct communication <laughs> channel other than the Trinidadian link between Poran and, and Sunil Narayan. For me, if you've got one of the greatest spinners in the world and you've got a World com- Cup coming up, it doesn't make sense to put all your hopes on Nicholas Poran WhatsApping him and hoping that he'll come through. So for me... I want to know what what was the communication line? When was the last time Phil Simmons spoke to Narayan? Or has he has he hurt their feelings so much by missing out on previous World Cups that they just think, you know what, it's not even worth contacting him? Um, which would be interesting if they've just sort of gone down that approach. Now, also, has Sunil Narayan reached out to anyone to say what his plans are? Has he retired? Does he plan on coming back at some point? Um, what are the reasons? For me, there's not enough detail given as to Sunil Narayan's admission. It's all very cloudy. As you said, there were rumours before it was to do with fitness issues. If the fitness criteria has been scrapped, why hasn't Narayan been picked? There's obviously other issues. And I think nobody's really on either side. There's no one at fault completely on either side of it. Some cricket West Indies and Sunil Narayan. Nobody's sort of given clarity or clear answer as to what's happening. But for one thing is for sure, we definitely could do with a Sunil Narayan in the side. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. And you've raised several points, one of which I've written down as you were talking. So I need to s- come back to that and segue it to another controversial pick. But just before I go there, um, here's the issue I've got with the Evan Lewis pick, Santoki, other than the fitness aspect of it. We picked Johnson Charles, which we'll get to in prob- probably a bit more detail soon. And we picked Evan Lewis. We retained Brandon King and Carl Mayers, rightly so. Here's a question, Santoki. Who's opening? Because if you pick Evan Lewis, surely you're not picking him to ride the bench. Surely you're not. But Brandon King and Carl Mayers have established in the summer a good partnership and understanding at the top. So I'm just... And they kind of told us that Johnson Charles is the backup keeper. So I assume that Johnson Charles is just riding the bench. Obviously, he's had a very good CPL. But can you envisage a situation, Santoki, where Evan doesn't play? 
Mm. Or is it that Brandon's going to have to move down the order? Because I don't see, we, we can't fit three into two without one of Brandon or Carl Mayers having to move. Yeah, it's interesting because um, during the IPL, um, Evan Lewis's franchise, they they had a similar problem. I think it was De Kock and another opener. It might have been Ishan Kishan um, opened and Evan Lewis came in at number three. So we could see a p- potentially Evan Lewis come in at three. Personally, I don't think that's the best use of Evan Lewis to come in at three. I'd rather have him open in the power play with the new ball. Um, so for me, either they slot him in at number three or they use... Remember, we've got two T20s against Australia. Um, before the World Cup and a few warm-up games, they might just use that as a straight shootout. Whoever can get the most runs rotating between Brandon King, Carl Mayers and Evan Lewis, the, the two that can get the most runs um, will get picked. But I'd be interested to see because I don't think Lewis will travel to Australia if he had any inclination he was going to be on the bench. For me, I feel like he's got assurances he'll be in the starting eleven. And with his record, I mean, it'd be a big call to leave him out of that opening. As much as Brandon King has done well, it's, it would be hard to drop Evan Lewis, and especially if results don't go the way in the first game of the World Cup, for instance, there'll be a lot of pressure on selectors. So it'd be interesting to see how that sort of dynamic fits in. I think Carl Mayers, his performances in CPL, taking away the, the historic one of 17 uh, in the last game um, that, he, that they played in CPL, I think Carl Mayers is a top scorer. He's sort of solidified himself. So as you rightly said, Mash, I think it will be between... Brandon Lewis and um, Brandon King and Evan Lewis, who gets that spot. But my gut feeling is Brandon King might just have to hold a drop. People, make sure you 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 message us, whether that's at Carib Cricket, Twitter, Instagram, or you find us on Facebook or whatever it might be, because I we're intrigued to know where people stand on this. Does Brandon King deserve to hold a drop after doing all of the hard work in the summer to, to cement his place? We're obviously not dropping Carl Mayer, so we're, we're, we're looking at Brandon King as the main person there. But Santoki, earlier on when mentioning Evan Lewis, you used a phrase in reference to Dre Russ. You said that the the indication from Desmond Haynes is that, well, Dre isn't in because his performances haven't held up. Okay, fine. I can understand that, Santoki. And when we saw a Johnson Charles and a Raymond Reefer get selected, that we have to assume that's because of their good performances in CPL. Santoki, if performances was the metric, and you and I have seen everything there is to see in West Indies cricket. <laughs> everything. But Santoki, I don't know if I've seen this. We have called up Yannick Karaya off no performances in CPL. None, Santoki. He's not even in CPL. <laughs> man, the man weren't even in the 60s, Santoki. We called up Yannick Karaya, told Hayden Walsh to hold a drop after playing all summer. And Karaya has got a place he's only ever played four t20s what do you make of that that if as bold calls goals and and remember Santoki, this isn't like we're going with a promising youngster the man is 30 (laughs) as bold (laughs) as bold calls goals Santoki, these are the type of calls where you might your your job might hinge on it because say things go wrong and he gets a play the cuss out Say we don't qualify for a cup, we don't get into the uh, final uh, group stages. That's the type of pick where people come at you in the cuss out afterwards because, like, why did you do that? There was no justifications to it. So it's, I think it's bigger than people realize. It can destroy your whole, your whole leg, your whole, um, your legacy on picks like that. Yannick, Yannick, Kawhi. Where do we where do we even start with that? As you said, four T20s. He last played a T20 match in CPL 2016. He's 30 years old. The only positive you can say is there won't be much 
um, analysis on him. There won't be much video footage, especially for international sides to kind of pick on because he's played so little T20s. For me, as you said, it's a it's a bold call. They've obviously they like his leadership style. He led the West Indies A side earlier this year. He got picked for the ODI side, so there's obviously something about him, whether it is be his action or his attitude, which they think okay, this can hold up. But for me, massive gamble to not even pick him for the T20 bilaterals, not a single one, and suddenly fling him into the World Cup. And don't forget, this is um, Dr. Desmond Haynes had highlighted how important CPL would be to kind of get people into the side. And so what is that saying about that policy? We talked about the fitness policy, the policy of basing it on performances in CPL out the window because Yannick didn't even get picked for any CPL franchises, not even as a reserve player. He didn't even play in the 60 when a lot of big-time players were missing. 30 years old, the only logic I can see is, as I said, they like his personality, there's something about him, and maybe the fact, for me, you can't ignore the fact Nicholas Poran is Trinidadian, but would also know him very well. He'll know Yannick Kawhi very well. So there's obviously something Poran, Poran probably sees in him or thinks that he can do a job in Australia with a spinning. Um, but for me, it's a puzzling, it's a puzzling, puzzling move. I don't think it will work out in Australia. I think as a spinner, he's not played enough to suddenly go Australia and make an impact. Um, that is that even if he is, does make the start in eleven. But as you said, this 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 is something that is a big risk from the selectors to kind of pick him in. And I I've been thinking about it, and I just can't see just can't see the logic mash. What what are your kind of thoughts on it? What what does Yannick have that do you think have made the selectors think? All right. This is a guy we can throw into the World Cup on the big stage and he's going to do a job for us. So I've thought about this long and hard and I'm going to, here's where I give the selectors the benefit of the doubt. Against New Zealand, yes, there was that one ODI where he took licks when it was, I think the Jew played a big factor as well. But against New Zealand, to give Yannick his due, I thought he looked a more dangerous leg spinner than Hayden Walsh. So I'm willing to I'm willing to accept that and admit that during that news series I thought he looked quite dangerous. I thought the I thought a lot of the balls he bowled were were asking genuine questions of the batters. But what I would say, Santolki, is even if that's the case, I find it very hard to justify how you still get into a T20 squad off the back of no T20 cricket. Right, the only T20 cricket he could have played is some of that like. Not even T20, that would be T10, like some of that Dream 11 stuff, that, mm. some of those T10 Dream 11 stuff in, in, in Trinidad. So that's not even T20 in and of itself. But I think more so what this shows, Santoki, and possibly the bigger issue here, is nothing to do with Yannick Karaya. It shows how low um, Hayden Walsh's stock has fallen that he has been able to be leapfrogged by someone who's not even playing cricket. Mm. And, and, and this isn't me digging out Hayden. I like Hayden, but it is me saying Hayden now has to go and take a long, hard look at where his career's at. If this doesn't give him the kick up the backside that he needs to put in the work to become, again, the premier leg spinner in the region, I don't know what will. Because also, Santoki, let's get this right. He's a batting all-rounder. He's not even a bowling all-rounder, um, Yannick Karaya. What the, the, the things that have made him stand out in the last year and a bit in West Indies cricket is what he's done with the bat. Not necessarily what he's done in the ball. So it's even more, it should be even more galling uh, to Hayden Walsh that he's been replaced by a batting all-rounder. And finally, Santoki, if we're going to go down the, the route of, you know what, Hayden's not the leg spinner for us, couldn't they have gone to Imran Khan? This is someone who does play, who has, okay, he's not in this year's CPL, but he's at least got a CPL pedigree behind him, right? And 
before anyone says to me about Imran Khan's 37-38, yeah, I hear that, but the art of leg spin, I'm not too bothered about how old you are. So if it was about if it was about finding a better leg spinner and a wild card pick, why not go for the person who's one of the highest wicket takers in the region? Like, do you see where I'm coming from, Santoki? Is I get I understand what they're doing, but it's very hard for me to find a logic to justify it in the face of criticism. Yeah, I agree. I think it uh, Imran Khan would sort of be akin to uh, Suleiman Ben getting called up in 2016. Just someone who's a veteran, knows their game, played a lot of regional T20s, someone who could slot in. For me, um, obviously Yannick can bat, but I think in this side, you don't really need a batting all-rounder um, come, coming down that low, to be honest. It's more focused on what you can do with the ball. But again, I think it highlights the lack of leg spin options we have in the West Indies at the moment. And also for me, as you said, he's not playing T20 cricket, which is the ultimate... For me, it's the ultimate issue because you've got the likes of Puran, Rotherham Powell, they're facing off against Mohamed Amir, Rashid Khan, world-class bowlers in CPL. What's Yannick doing at the moment? He's probably in Port of Spain eating doubles at the moment, just relaxing. Like, <laughs> So for me, it's, it's what has Yannick Karai... What's Yannick Karai's preparation? Has Phil Simmons got him on a programme? Is he in nets at the CPL? Like, What is he doing to prepare for a massive World Cup? So, yeah, it is a big gamble. Um, I can't see how it works out. I can see the logic um, on obviously picking him over Hayden Walsh. But then if you're going to do that, like you said, why don't you go for an Imran Khan, a veteran who knows his game, can do the job, has experience of playing T20 cricket. So for me, it's a baffling decision. But, you know, I'd be happy to be proven wrong if Karaya goes to the World Cup and takes a bag load of wickets or um, proves critical in big matches. But for me, looking at it now at this point from the onset, it just seems a baffling decision. Most definitely. And people, we're going to... We'll take a bit of a short break here and look at the remainder of the squad in a short while. But um, if you are listening to Cricket Conversation on 99.94, whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, of course, us, the West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered as well. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 99.94DM by downloading the 99.94 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So Santoki, we've spoken about Evan Lewis, Yannick Karaya. There are, of course, I think it would be fair to say, outside of the next three names I mentioned, that the rest of the squad kind of writes itself. So your Jason Holders, your Nicholas Purans, your Shimon Hetmyers, Brandon King, Carl Mayers, Alzari Joseph, Obed McCoy, Old Dean Smith. A lot of that writes itself. But Let's just look at the, at the back end of the show, Santoki. Let's just look at a few names. First things first, our last episode, when we were talking about um, the shambles that is the Guyana Amazon Warriors this year, we went in quite deep on Romario Shepard. Were you shocked, Santoki, to see him not in the 15? No, I think based on the CPL performances he's had and the fact that Odeon Smith is so similar to him, and as Desmond Haynes said in the press conference, Odie and Smith has edged it. For me, I don't think they would have gone for Romario Shepard. There's no sort of... The amount of runs he's been leaking with the ball, which ironically, the first game Guyana played um, against Trimbago after the World Cup uh, selection was he took three wickets, so which was ironic. Mm. But before that, obviously, pre, pre-selection, he'd been leaking runs. And more importantly, he'd been leaking the runs at critical points in the match, the death overs, which can essentially which essentially loses you the match. So for me, I think his lack of discipline and lack of real, considering what a good CPL he had last year, the lack of progress in the last 12 months from Romario, um, especially having had that experience of playing in the IPL, means it wasn't a surprise um, to see him not be picked in that 15. And you can say, obviously, Raymond Reefer 
has he's someone who's been um under the radar, but he's sort of always been near about to call up. Um, I think having a good CPL has just pro- rightly propelled him into the West Indies spotlight, and I think he has the attributes to do well and kind of slot into this uh side. Yeah, I, I I don't want to add too much more on that. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think if you're gonna have Shepard out, you probably wanted to replace him with another all rounder. I'm not saying Raymond Reefer can do better than Romario Shepard with the ball. In fact, I think that's quite debatable if he can. But I think just the form that he brought as an as an all rounder through both the sixty in fairness and CPL meant he just deserves his chance. One name that or another name, sorry, Santoki that was missing which I'm going to admit I was surprised at. When I wrote my 15-man squad, I had this guy in as a definite. I just didn't see how we could not have him in the team squad. And you see my Talawar shirt behind me, my Jamaica top on at the moment. Santoki, no Fabian Allen. And I'm going to be up front, Santoki, I'm surprised. Now, the mitigating factors here are he's a left-arm spinner, Sol's Akil Hussain. So obviously there's that issue. But looking beyond that, Fabian can bat, Fabian can field, Fabian can bowl. Yes, I hear that they don't want to have two left-arm orthodox spinners. But I don't know, Santoki. If you tell me the best 15 T20 players in the region, I find it hard to believe that... I find it hard to believe that Fabian isn't one of them. Well, for me, I think um, with Fabian, it's more of a mental issue. Obviously, we know, unfortunately, he lost his father earlier this year. And for me, it was quite telling um, when he was playing for Jamaica Talawas earlier this week. He got given out um, LBW when it looked like it was missing. He didn't even review. He just walked off with his head down. And Raymond Rifo, in the end, convinced him to do a review. And he and it showed the ball was missing legs done. But it was interesting. Gango and Bishop on comms said that from their, from their vantage point, and they might know more, obviously, than than the viewer. They might have spoken to um, Fabian that he he wasn't mentally in the right place at the moment. He kind of lost lost a lot of focus in the game. So for me, maybe Phil Simmons and Desmond Haynes have taken that view that maybe his head's not in the game at the moment, which is understandable, bearing in mind his personal circumstances. So it could be, from my perspective, looking at it, a mental thing rather than what he's capable of. We know what he can do, the heights he can reach, fielding, batting, he's a dynamic player and and an excellent spinner as well. But for me, it could be with his game not 100% at the moment, whether he's not being focused 100% on on his game at the moment, they might have thought he's not at the right time in his life to kind of get picked for a World Cup. So for me, I think it's purely down to a more mental aspect with Fabian. Mm, mm. And um, I think I'm fairly certain that he will be upset, maybe too strong a word, but he would have certainly thought he would have got a selection. 100% he would have thought he'd be in there, um, particularly because remember, he'd already released like, I think he released a press statement earlier on in the 60 or just before the 60 saying, I'm ready to represent yeah. the West Indies again. So he must have thought he was going to get picked. And maybe in fairness, and talk, there might be injuries, he might be part of the reserve the backup reserves, and he may well still get his chance. But that was a, a, an interest in the mission, certainly. And then let's just end with um, the two extra names that, that 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 were picked in the squad. So Johnson Charles mm. got a pick. Um, I don't think you or I were that surprised by that. You, I think you and I had been going saying on our Twitter handle, and even in previous episodes, it's going to be Charles or Fletcher. One of them is surely going to get a spot. So I'm not too surprised. And if, even if it'd been Andre Fletcher, Santoki, I probably would have said the same thing. It's going to be Fletcher or Charles. So I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not, I don't think there's anything major to say about the Charles pick. I think he just deserves his chance. And what's interesting though about Charles and Tolkien is he's only 33 hmm. because he, he's like one of, like Fletcher. He made his debut so long ago. I think people think like he's a 38 year old veteran out here, but he, he's still relatively young in the game. And then the, the, the other pick that I want you to just riff on as well, Sheldon Cottrell. And again, Santoki, I've got to go back to the point you made about uh, Dre. A- again, as a Talawas fan, or granted he's playing for um, St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots, so I should say as a Jamaican. Yeah, good for Sheldon. Good that he's in the squad. And at his best, he's probably our best power play bowler. But Santoki, if you look at what he's done in the 60 and, uh, sorry, in the CPL, there can be no justification for Sheldon being in the squad. There is none. I can't find any Santoki other than reputation. But if they've picked him on reputation and what he can do with the new ball at his best, given the, and, and he's come off a broken leg recently or broke foot, how did he get in? And again, I've got to say, how do you justify him getting in with no real performance behind him? But then you say, nah, Dre's not performed. So he, do you get, again, do you see where I'm coming from, Santoki? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. And as much as we say people cut out in the region for anything, I think when you've got a sort of lack of consistency in, in selection policies, it's only right that people do cut out because what basis has Sheldon Cottrell deserved to get into the T20 World Cup side? We know what he can do, but like you say, we know what Dre Ross can do. Dre Ross wasn't picked based on performances. So what is, what is the different criteria that has made Sheldon Cottrell get picked? And it's not as if there's a dearth of bowlers. we got Joseph and um, McCoy, our leading wicket-takers in CPL, so they've got options. There was always Jaden Seals as well, who they could have called up. So for me, it's interesting they've gone for Cottrell it purely does look like it's based on reputation, but also interesting that Desmond Haynes did say that they're going to have to see if he's fit for the World Cup. So he might not even make it based on assessments, which calls into question why he has been called up for the 15-man squad if there are already doubts about his fitness, um, bearing in mind everything else and the players who have been cut. So for me, it's it's very, very confusing, Sheldon Cottrell. I can't, I don't understand the logic. I can see why he's been picked, but the logic doesn't tally up to the criteria that's been given to the public, which is the which is the issue when you've got fault lines like that, because you need consistency in selection policy. And I think that's something, as much as we admire the transparency of Cricket West Indies um, currently compared to previous administrations, there's still, whether it be fitness issues dating back two years ago up till now, players selected, there's not that consistency yet, 100% consistency. There all seem to be some sort of flaw in it and contradictions. Um, and as you as you said earlier, um, Johnson, Charles or Fletcher, for me, Fletcher slightly edged it because of his um, success in the Big Bash in Australia. But I think with Evan Lewis being recalled back, it's, it's sort of null and void now because unlikely that Johnson, Charles will get picked unless there's an injury to pull around and he has to wicket keep. But um, like you said, Johnson Charles, adequate backup. And it is interesting because I remember 2013-14, Johnson Charles was similar to Evan Lewis, a very destructive opener, played well with Chris Gale at the top of the order. And he's sort of just fallen off in the last few years. Um, not sure what whether that's a mental thing or fitness issues. Um, so it's good to see him make a comeback. But as you said, it's not a major talking point because he's not really going to disrupt the first 11. But Mash, you've... The cultural one for me is, is a puzzling one. And were you surprised, actually, last point, um, to see someone like a Jaden Seals not make the squad? Or do you think it's just come a bit too early in his career at this point? Yeah, so I actually just want to say, first and foremost, I think you've made an excellent point with regards to Cottrell. I think you've made an excellent point with regards to a constructive critique of selection policy and criteria. Because sometimes, Santoki, I think people look at us and say, oh, you lot just defend Cricket West Indies. Mm. You don't challenge what's happening. You don't challenge the selectors. But we will. And I, I think, I think Santelki, that 
when the squad first got dropped, there was a lot of, ah, oh, this is a really interesting, exciting squad. And there wasn't a lot of constructive criticism going around, which was really shocking. Because if anything, Santoki, there's more questions about this squad than there are with the Golden Oldie squad that went in 2021. At least with the Golden Oldie squad, I think you and I were saying this back and forth on Twitter, uh, uh, sorry, on WhatsApp uh, earlier in the week. When they picked the squad, Roger Harper, Miles Bascom, etc., picked the 2021 squad, even when people cussed out, at least you could say Chris Gale has 14,000 runs behind him. There's a there's a rationale that kind of explains what's going on. Um, Ravi Rampal's taken the most wickets in CPL. There's a rationale that explains how he must have got into, into the 2021 World Cup squad. And people will say, yeah, but Matt Sheldon Cottrell is one of the best new ball bowlers in, in the region. Yes, but he's just come off, of a, come off a brock foot and he's done nothing in CPL this year to, to suggest that he's match sharp. And this is where, and I echo Santoki's point completely, this is where Cricket West Indies or the selectors create a rod for their own back. We can't defend them on this one because people have every right to say, so what's the criteria then? To the point where, Santoki, it would be better now if from this, Cricket West, uh, uh, Cricket West Indies just say, you know what the selection policy is? We pick who we want. That's mm. it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Don't talk about no fitness. Don't talk about performance. Just say straight up, we pick this squad because that's who we want in the team. And what? And <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, Santoki, if they did that, I think we would have to just accept it. That's what used to happen in the past. <laughs> No, 100%, 100%. I think um, at this point, there's so many question marks, whether it be Yannick Karaya or Sheldon Cottrell. If you were to go by a selection policy, nothing would make sense. Everything would contradict itself. So at this point, you might as well, Phil Simmons and Desmond Haynes might as well just say, listen, we picked 15 guys who we think can take us as far as we can go in the World Cup. Just believe in us, basically, essentially. Because if you try to overthink it, you're going to go mad because there's no actual logic. It's like zigzags. There's no straight line, straight narrative at the moment. Well, so um, it is what it is. As always, Mash, we'll rally behind the West Indies and look forward to seeing how this new squad kind of performs at, in Australia. Most definitely. And, and listen, people, this episode's gone slightly longer than, than some of our recent ones, but with good reason. Like I say, this, is, this, this squad has been a controversial pick. Most people are actually happy with it, but still had its controversial moments. So do get at us. Do 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 find us on Twitter, Instagram at Karim Cricket. Send us your comments on the episode. And you know what, as well, people, leave a review and a rating for West Indies on 99.94. Um, we've seen some of the reviews. Thank you so much. We're so humbled by some of the reviews that have been left so far, saying that you really enjoy the show. But share it with your people. Tell them to download the 99.94 app or stream it, download it, watch it on YouTube, whatever it might be, because we're going to keep this content going. We've got some more episodes coming for you shortly. So um, for now, though, it's goodbye from me, Santoki. Is it goodbye from you? Yeah, it's a goodbye from me. And just to echo what you said, Mash, you know, if anyone wants to drop their 15-man squad what that they would have picked or have debates, you know, just comment on a video, um, hit us up on Carry Cricket on social media, and we're always happy to discuss and talk about um, the game in the, in the Caribbean region. So from us, that's all from now, and um, we'll see you on the other side. Stay locked in, people. Thanks for listening to West Indies on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can also download the 99.94 app from wherever you get your apps. If you'd like to follow us personally, 
go to at Carib Cricket on Twitter and Instagram. You can also head to www.caribbeancricketpodcast.com where you can find links to everything we do outside of 99.94. If you'd like to follow us personally, you can find Santolki at Santolki89 and Michelle at MashSTPaddy. Remember, if you love cricket, then 99.94 is the home of cricket audio. Follow them for podcasts and commentary from the world of cricket. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.